0: You're listening to 3 in 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 22, Cleaning Strategies for the Naturally Messy Mom. Welcome to 3 in 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. A lot of thought went into naming and branding this podcast. And I mean a lot. (laughs) Like months and months of thinking about it and writing down ideas and asking people for input and then refining some more. Whenever I talked to my husband about it, he would say, I think you need to have something in the tagline about messy motherhood. And I agreed with him that motherhood can be messy, both literally and figuratively, but I couldn't figure out why he was so adamant that that word be included. When I asked him, he said, Well, I feel like the title of the podcast needs to reflect you and who you are and your journey in motherhood. So the word messy needs to be in there. (laughs) And I wasn't sure if I should laugh or be offended. But in his defense, I knew that he meant more than just my living habits. He meant that I'm willing to talk about the hard and messy parts of motherhood. But I also couldn't deny that the literal definition of messy is very fitting for me. Truthfully, I'm kind of a mess. My mom always said I leave a trail everywhere I go cupboards left open, even car doors left open, clothes thrown in a big pile on the floor. My keys and my phone are lost at least half of the time. (laughs) My mom also called me the absent-minded professor, and it fits. So I'm not naturally organized or put together. But that is why I'm so grateful to have a friend like Candy Kid in my life. And you may remember Candy from our very first episode of the podcast, which was called Getting Unmotivated Kids to Help. She's my dear friend and a very organized person. And she's always willing to share her tips and strategies with me, which I and my family greatly appreciate. And beyond that, she's been my number one cheerleader in starting the podcast. She listened to me through all of those months of brainstorming And she is actually the person who ended up suggesting the title for the podcast that stuck, 3 in 30. That was all candy. I'm so excited to welcome her back to the podcast today for an episode that I desperately need called Cleaning Tips for the Naturally Messy Mom. So, Candy, welcome back to the podcast that you named, 3 and 30.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. And I never told you, but it was like one day I was laying in bed and I came up with it. It's so I great. Re- and, <laughs> and it took a little you.
0: bit of convincing. I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, no, it says what you do, like 3 and 30. It's simple. And now I've just been thinking, <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad that that's what we decided to call it. So, Thank you. And um, in episode one, I promised that you would come back on the show to teach on this topic about being a naturally messy mom. And I know that people have been excited about it. In fact, I even had an email just the other day asking, when are we gonna hear from Candy again about cleaning tips for the naturally messy mom? So I know people are waiting for it. Um, But before we dive into the takeaways, after your last episode, people were interested. I got feedback from people asking to know more about you. Like we never talked about how many children you have or where you're from um, and how you learned all that you know about habits and organization and managing behavior. So give us a little snapshot of your story.
1: Yeah, so I have three kids, and I live on a little homestead in Oregon. And I actually don't have my degree or anything to do with organization. I have my degree in dental hygiene. Mm -hmm. But I've always been fascinated about behavior and what certain people are doing to, to make them live a good life. And I've also been fascinated by before and afters. I remember in sixth grade, I was probably the only sixth grader. I would come home and watch home and garden television <laughs> and what not to wear. And sometimes I still like expect Clint or Stacy to ambush me. Like when I'm wearing something, I'm I crazy.
0: completely <laughs> need that actually in my life. I need them to right? come to my house.
1: Yes. And so I started like, just thinking about like, what is she doing? Like, I know that most things are broken down to a formula. And so even dressings broken down to a formula, like cleaning your house is broken down to a formula like I noticed all the organizers are essentially doing the same thing. And so I, maybe I'm not the messiest mom, maybe I'm just the laziest mom, but like I am fascinated with getting the same results as other people with the least amount of effort, like the Karumba or Instapot. And that's like my jam.
0: Yeah. And I love that because you do make it so doable when you, I can call you with a problem and you give me an actual doable solution That's realistic for me. Just the least amount of effort, like you said. I love that.
1: So, I have six sisters, and like we each have a role. Like, if you want to have someone get fired up, you call this sister. If you want someone to give you empathy, you call this sister. (laughs) And I'm the information sister, which I'm slightly embarrassed about. But I read tons of books and I've taken tons of courses and different things. I just love gaining information and. Picking people's brain because I feel like there's so many tools that we don't have to struggle as much as we do. Yeah. And so I'm actually really, really excited about um, sharing my, in the first takeaway, my favorite book, and it is The House That Cleans Itself.
0: Okay. And what is your takeaway from that book?
1: The My takeaway is be a detective. And so this book is so interesting because it's written by a naturally messy mom, and she's also an author, so it's not like your normal organization book where it's someone like me just like putting a lot of information out there. It's actually an entertaining read, probably the most entertaining read I've ever read in the self advancement organization um, genre. Because
0: mm-hmm. she's um, she was a writer. I mean, she was an author of fiction first before, right? She, yeah,
1: she she writes fiction, and um, and so for her to go to a this kind of novel, it, she actually like knew how to, to write <laughs> really mm-hmm. well. Um, but her story is interesting because, <clears throat> excuse me, she was writing a book about a young sleuth. She writes mystery novels that was a housekeeper in solving a mystery using cleaning ideas. Like I'm guessing like baking soda and different things. So to prepare to write this book, she read 30 novels about cleaning just to get ideas. And after the 30th one or so, she's like, none of these would apply to me. Like I would never do any of those things. And she's like, it's type A people writing for type A people. Mm. She's like, we need a book for messy people. And then that kind of got her thinking. And she's like, you know, what if I looked at my house like a detective would? And saw what was going on and so she actually took pictures and she like took a picture of her son's room and she noticed that there was trash piled up and she's like oh I should put a trash can there Mm -hmm. and then she looked at her front entry and she's like shoes piled up you know right by the door even though there's like a mudroom 20 steps away so instead of trying to change her kid's behavior she just put like a huge bucket there like a cute bucket and then she noticed okay, I'm vacuuming upstairs. I never vacuum downstairs. She got another vacuum. And so her tagline was make the clean thing the easy thing. And so she just kept doing these tiny little things around her house. I'm pretty sure she said her family didn't even notice she was doing them, but all of a sudden her house was like clean. And so that's how she got the house that cleans itself.
0: So she looked around, noticed where these problems were, and then figured out a solution that didn't necessarily involve changing anyone's behavior. It was just almost covering it up, covering the mess up a little bit.
1: Oh, not really covering the mess, changing the environment. Mm -hmm. Like I, there's something about manipulating your environment. It's kind of crazy that you don't think that it'll change your behavior, but it really does. Like you put a trash can in a certain area, people throw away trash. Mm -mm. Even taking the lid off your laundry basket Like raises the chance of the laundry actually getting into the laundry basket.
0: Mm, I love that. So, never get a laundry basket with a lid.
1: No, never. Yeah. (laughs) It'll at least give you like a fighting chance. Doesn't mean it'll happen, but (laughs) yeah. And so, if the kids are always throwing their laundry in a certain spot, that's probably a good spot for the basket because that's where their habit already is.
0: Mm -hmm. And you told me about this when we very first moved into this home where we now live that has stairs, it's the first time that we've ever lived in a home with stairs. And I just remembered growing up in a home with stairs and we would all just pile all of our stuff at the bottom of the stairs because we didn't want to walk upstairs and put it away. Like that took too much energy. (laughs) So, you know, by the end of the day, there's just a whole bunch of stuff piled at the bottom of the stairs that were right in the entryway of our home. And it drove my mom insane. Um so thinking about that I was a detective and I decided to put a big pretty basket with a lid actually because then it covers it um at the bottom of my stairs and that's where all of the stuff goes instead of going at the bottom of the stairs. It goes in the basket. And I didn't even plan this, but the basket has handles, like handle cutouts. I love that. And so there's holes like where the handles are. And so a lot of times I don't have to take the lid off the basket to put something in there. I just slip it into the (laughs) Through the handle holes. And it's amazing. And so and then at the end of every day, we just carry the basket up. And my kids know we call it the upstairs basket and we carry it upstairs and we sort it and everybody takes their stuff to their room. So I'm like, thank you, Candy, for saving me from what I'm sure was a huge annoyance for my mother, that it's become a seamless routine and our house looks so much better because of that tip to be a detective.
1: See, that, like, gives me a natural high, you telling me about that. Like, just even the basket having a slot for you to throw your stuff in it. like, <laughs> ah, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it pretty, it is pretty great. So, and then when you said that she had um, a vacuum, like, so she got two vacuums for her house. Is that what? Yeah, that... she
1: did. And which a lot of people will be like, why? But, I mean, it was a difference between the downstairs being vacuumed or not.
0: Mm-hmm. So, she had one upstairs, but she just never took the time or the energy to carry it downstairs so she just got a separate one for downstairs right Right. and
1: and so it's like make the clean thing the easy thing that's her whole motto and so be a detective and then just make it easy
0: yeah. And I love that because at first, I when you told me that, I'm like, so expensive to like have a second vacuum, depending, I mean, I guess, but even any decent vacuum is pretty expensive. But then I'm like, you know what, the like sanity that it saves, not to mention like if you were to hire a cleaning service to come and do that stuff, if you can make it easy to keep your house clean, it's worth it to invest in a second vacuum or whatever you might need.
1: Totally. It really is. You told me once about what you did with your, um, your toilet brushes. Oh yes. The
0: toilet brushes. So (laughs) I noticed that I would only clean the toilet in our master bathroom because we had a toilet brush in there. So if I noticed it was dirty, I would just quickly clean it. But I didn't clean the kid's bathroom toilet as much because I didn't want to carry the gross dripping toilet brush across the house. It was just harder. And yeah. Like, then I'm like, oh, I should just get a toilet brush for each, next to each toilet in the house. Like, duh. I when I told you that, you were like, <laughs> yeah, Rachel, like, my mom did that all growing up. I'm like, oh, well, this was a
1: revelation for me, you know? Sorry if it came off like that, because I would say my mom intuitively did all these things that I've had to, like, watch her since I've been older. I don't know if I didn't pay attention the first 18 years. Mm-hmm. Or read a book. She intuitively did it. So it was Yeah, funny. and you didn't make me feel but, bad. I'm
0: sure everybody everybody <laughs> listening is like, Rachel, we all have toilet brushes next to all of our toilets.
1: But for me, it was huge. So BJ Fogg is like one of the leading researchers on behavior and he works at Stanford, but he's always like designed for laziness. And it's like the same idea mm-hmm. as this, this book, like make the clean thing the easy thing. Um my sister she has 9 kids. Wow. And her kids are just typical when they take a shower they throw their towels down and then the next time they get a new shower a new towel and the you know so forth. So she was doing towels all the time. And my mom was visiting and she donated all my sister's towels they and then bought each child a new towel and they put a ribbon on each towel with a different color put some hooks so you know, make it easier to the folding or different things. And so all of a sudden, my sister went from tons and tons and tons of towels to nine towels that she washed, you know, biweekly.
0: And the kids and, just knew hang your, your towel on the hook, like your right. color towel on the hook when you're done and use that right. same towel every day.
1: Yeah, there's a boys girl, boys bathroom and a girls bathroom. And they each, you know, five hooks in each and, And all of a sudden, my sister didn't have all this laundry. And so it was like these little tiny um, tweaks in being a detective, like saves so much time and mental energy. Mm,
0: I love that. That is brilliant. So be a detective. So what is your second takeaway?
1: My second takeaway is to lower the activation energy. And the activation energy is how much energy it takes to get started or to act Um, And so the lower the activation energy, the more likely you are to do something. So Mm -hmm. oftentimes when we're tidying, it's just overwhelming. And I feel like naturally messy moms, maybe we're not as messy as we are just overwhelmed. And so there's a couple things you can do. In the first podcast, I talked about a celebration blitz. And I'll often do that just to get me started. And that is where you grab you know set the timer for two minutes and every single thing you do you celebrate like pick up a sock woohoo! Um, pick up a pe- piece of paper yay and you do that for two minutes and then it just gets you started because once you're started it's you know easy once you're in motion you keep going but just getting started is takes a lot of energy
0: mm, and the celebration blitz makes it kind of rewarding or fun to get going and you you've given me this tip before and we talked about this in the first First podcast in more depth if anyone's interested. But I have done this and I feel so ridiculous doing it that it makes me laugh. And that puts me in a good mood to continue the chore. So I'm like, I'm awesome. And I like will be really dramatic, you know, as I like throw a sock into the washer and then I'm like you know wiping the counter and I'm like I am a rock star (laughs) and then I'm just like laughing and you stop after two minutes but then you just can keep going because you're kind of in a good mood and you're on a roll
1: yes it it really is amazing and it's so crazy and we always tease each other about different celebrations that we have (laughs) me and my kids the other thing is to to set a timer. Sometimes just setting a timer will get you started. Um, one of my sisters, she graduated college and she said that the only way she was able to write a paper is she would just set a timer for 10 minutes and I'll just work out this paper for 10 minutes. Sometimes I do that with my house. My sister said that she'll set a timer for 90 seconds. Sometimes it'll be five minutes. Sometimes it'll be 10 minutes just of cleaning. Like I'm going to just clean for 90 seconds. Um, Another way, if you're super, super overwhelmed and you're like, you have a sink full of dishes and it's just too much is to chunk it down, like chunk down the project so small that you can't talk yourself out of it. That's lowering activation energy. So if I had a sink full of dishes, I might say, can I turn on the hot water? Yes, I can do that. Can I get out the soap? Yes, not too hard. Can I get out a dishcloth? Yes. Can I put the dish in the sink? Yes. So each of those things are so tiny that they're not overwhelming and you can do it. And um, a lot of times I'll just chunk it down and it lowers the activation energy enough that I can get going.
0: Mm. And I do have to say, and this isn't just a shameless plug, um, that listening to podcasts helps me a lot with this too, because if I just start listening to something while I start cleaning, even if I'm dreading the cleaning, if I can get into a quick podcast or something, then I'm much more likely to keep going. That and, is
1: a good point. Me too. Yeah.
0: And, and even maybe more so than music or like an audiobook. that's an undefined length of time.
1: Yeah, I think that's like the best timer. And I, it's true. When you have it hooked with something you enjoy, then it makes a difference and you're willing to get started. So with activation energy, it's just about getting started.
0: Yeah, I also think with activation energy for me, it's having the supplies really easily accessible for whatever it is that I want to be doing. So like if my cleaning supplies are like up on a top shelf and I'm going to have to climb on top of the washer to get to them, I'm way less likely to clean than if they're right there, which is similar to the toilet brush thing, you know, having it right there, but um, keeping those cleaning supplies handy is huge. Like I know you set up some different stations in your house for different habits that you wanted to have, like making a smoothie every morning. You have a smoothie station. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Yeah, and this idea actually came from the the um, house that cleans itself, and she has tons of stations. But for me, like I wanted to get in the habit of making smoothies. And so i you know, learning all the stuff that I have learned I know that if I change my environment I'm more likely to do it um you know designed for laziness kind of thing and so I have a and I've had this in every single house and we actually probably drink more smoothies than I would had we not done this but I'll have my smoothie and the chia seed and the flax seed and the protein powder everything together and so I can just pull it all out at once and then I put it all back together I've done that with like um, in the morning, I like to have time just to recharge myself. And so I have a basket that has a journal with a pen and my scriptures and an inspiring book. And so I'm not spending all this time like, oh, I need a pen. I need a journal. It's like I grab the basket and it's all there. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that it does get you started. And it does, you know, it's a lot easier to get started with that kind of stuff. So I'm really glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah. And I think with cleaning supplies, like having a thing of Clorox wipes in each bathroom that you can just grab out and use or like a Norwex cloth that you can use to um, just have it handy and use it in that bathroom. Yeah, it's ready to go.
1: I have a squeegee in my shower and it like makes such a difference just to hurry and do it. All of a sudden I'm not having to spend my time, you know, cleaning my shower because I clean it when I'm in the shower and I have um, like trash cans in my car and these different little things of just changing your environment, all of a sudden, you have a lot less work than you used to. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's the lower activation energy. Yeah, and you're it's willing easy to, to do, do it. These things. Yes, totally. Okay. And then what is your third takeaway?
1: My third takeaway is to do one job a day. And this comes from Jordan Page from funcheaperfree.com. And she um, defines job. It's an acronym for just one bite. So when you have these big projects, you just to take a bite out of mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. I, didn't you have a poem for this <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so when you first told me this takeaway and I follow Jordan on Instagram too and love her stuff and she talks about I love this concept just one bite one job per day and it can be really small like really really small like you know organizing the pencils in your drawer in your kitchen that's your one bite for the day um or just whatever it may be. And it's surprising how much you actually end up getting done when you're just doing these little bites every day. And you had mentioned this idea to me. And I'm like, oh, it's like the Shell Silverstein poem with the girl eating the whale. And you were like, what <laughs> the heck are you talking about? And I'm like, you don't know the Shell Silverstein poem? I bet people listening know the Shell Silverstein poem because it's pretty famous. But um, <laughs> you thought that I was you know, an amateur for not having the toilet brushes next to every toilet. And <laughs> I'm like, you're an amateur for not showing this, sh- knowing the shell so <laughs> seat pump. But I looked it up and this is what it is. Have you heard of tiny Melinda May who ate a monstrous whale? She thought she could. She said she would. So she started in right at the tail and everyone said, you're much too small. That didn't bother Melinda at all. She just took little bites and she chewed very slow, just like a good girl should. And in eighty nine years, she ate that whale because she said she would.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that makes me laugh for lots of reasons.
0: (laughs) But that it took her eighty nine years. Yeah, like like, that
1: sounds about right. Just yeah. (laughs)
0: exactly and the illustrations in the book are a little girl eating the whale and then you turn the page and it's like this extremely old woman that finished the whale you know but that's that's how it feels as a mom sometimes like it's gonna take us 89 years to do these projects but
1: just one bite a day like little melinda may right right but the interesting thing is is i've been doing this for since january 1st so for you know, just a couple months. And I can't believe how much has gotten done because sometimes I suffer from like black or white thinking, like I'm doing a ton or I'm not doing anything. And I was just having trouble, like just being consistent. And I've been doing just one bite a day. And all of a sudden I'm like, my life is not in the crisis state it was. And my house is like an orderly. And another thing that I did not expect from doing these little jobs, just one bite, is I go to bed feeling like, more confident or accomplished. I, um, I heard from a blogger once that a lot of times we do things in motherhood that like get undone. We do laundry, we do dishes and nothing stays done. And she's like, do something that stays done every day. And I think these little jobs stay done for me. And so even Mm -hmm. if it's so tiny, I know that I made progress and it's like a good feeling. So
0: I'm like, when I hear that, I'm like, I totally agree with that. Do something that doesn't get undone. But I'm like, what is that? Like, I can't even think of examples because it seems like everything go- gets undone. So like, what is an example of something that doesn't get undone?
1: Like hanging a picture. I mean, unless your kid knocks it over or <laughs> you want to change it. Pretty much if you hang a picture, it's done. Or, right. um,
0: I... And I'm only laughing because my kids probably would knock it off. <laughs> right.
1: And then it would be undone. <laughs> but those little things I actually follow the reason I've been able to stick with this. Cause usually I'm not able to stick with goals, you know, for two months <laughs> I'm part of the, you know, 80% of Americans that can't, um, or whatever the statistic is. <laughs> but the way I've been able to stick with this is I've been doing this formula and it's called the MTO formula. Have you heard mm-hmm. of it, Rachel?
0: Um, I have not. Tell me more about it.
1: Um, so it's also an acronym, acronym, but I'm using it for my other acronym, which is job. So, (laughs) so MTO stands for minimum target outrageous. And so this is the best way to be consistent with goals because I can be successful if I do the minimum. And so for me, when I do my just one bites or my jobs a day, my minimum is anything So one day I was so tired and my minimum was I literally walked into my closet and I threw some shirts and some piles because I knew that I was going to be cleaning my closet the next day. And I was successful because I moved that forward. My target is to spend 15 minutes organizing or doing something that moves my life forward. And sometimes it's been like just, you know, preventative thinking stuff that's going to prevent crisis, like putting um, pads on my sheets or, um, you know, putting pads on the bottom of our chairs so our floor doesn't scratch. Those things that you avoid, but they make a difference. Other Mm -hmm. times, it's, you know, cleaning out a drawer. And then every once in a while, I do outrageous. And that's anything over 15 minutes, I'm successful. And so it'll be like a big bite, like in the garage. And Mm -hmm. so I do these jobs every day, and all of a sudden, things are getting done, and I feel successful.
0: And do you, like decide what those things are in advance like your minimum and target outrageous or is it kind of a fluid thing where you're just like well I didn't get my 15 minutes in today and I'm exhausted but what's one tiny thing I could do to meet my minimum
1: it's more like that like sometimes at the beginning of the day I'm like what job am I gonna do and I kind of know what my day is gonna look like other times I'm like plan on doing something and I'm like oh I didn't re- really get to that because life happened but I'm gonna do this and mm-hmm. I've done that every single day except my birthday. <laughs> and I was just looking around and I'm like, I feel so different. And my house feels so different. And it did not take 89 years like that girl eating the elephant.
0: <laughs> a whale. A whale. She ate a
1: whale. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Other people have eaten elephants. I guess. Yes. I-
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so inspiring to hear that. And I've seen your progress um, online. So since the first podcast it, you know, in the five month sense, which it's so crazy that it's been that long. Um, Candy has actually started an Instagram account where she shares some of these tips and shows some pictures and different things. Um, tell us about that. What it's, what's it called, Candy? It's
1: called operation underscore organization. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I, that have so much information in my head and I don't think my family wants to hear about it. So I've just been putting it online.
0: Mm-hmm. So I've seen the jobs that you've been working on. Yeah.
1: And
0: speaking of before and afters that you loved as a kid, you show someone there of different things you've been doing in your home and it's really inspiring. And um, I feel like with these three takeaways, even a naturally messy mom like me has some hope. So remind us what Absolutely. those three takeaways are.
1: So the first one is to be a detective. Look at your house and make the clean thing the easy thing. Like what's not working and you know, adjust accordingly.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: second one is to lower the activation energy. Like how can you get it so small that it's not overwhelming so you can get started? Or can you start a podcast? Or can you set a timer? Or can you do a celebration? blitz? just something to get you started because that's the hardest part. And the third one is to do one job a day. And that's just one bite towards a big project. And to do that, to be consistent at these jobs, I follow the minimum target outrageous formula. So I do at least something with the jobs every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Even something as small as putting the clothes in a pile that you will organize the next day.
1: Right, or pushing, click clicking purchase on some shoe shelves that I need to buy. Something tiny, but it is moving my house forward.
0: Well, thank you, Candy, so much for not just this episode, but also the very first one about getting unmotivated kids to help, which I hope people will check out if they haven't already. And for just all of your support and encouragement on the podcast and your ideas that you've given all along the way, you're really um, kind of the vice president of 3 and 30 co- uh, Podcaster. I don't know what I would call you. You're you're the, you're the woman in the wings helping out with this podcast. So thank you for all that you're doing and for sharing your wisdom here today again.
1: I love you, Rachel. And I'm so, so proud. You're my favorite.
0: Well, I will have you know that Candy now signs her text to me, Candy Kid VP. <laughs> I am sorry about that awkwardness at the end there. I guess sometimes I don't know what to say at the end of podcasts, VP. And then I said "woman in the wings." I like what am I even saying? Um, what I was trying to say is that Candy has been invaluable to the development of this podcast and I'm so grateful for her and for all of the ideas that she gives me. I started this podcast shortly after we moved into a new home and so even though we've lived here now almost eight months, my home still has so many projects that need to be done because I've been focusing on the podcast instead. So this episode has inspired me to just start with some small jobs, just one bite, and get some stuff done this week, as I hope it has for you. Thank you for being here and for all of the great work that you're doing in your homes. I know I say it every week, but I really truly mean it. And I hope that this podcast episode helps you to keep things a little tidier this week as you're making memories with your family.